Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here, we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So, sit back and relax and enjoy Paris good food and wine. On a lovely late spring afternoon recently, I took a quick bus ride over to the new Le Cordon Bleu Culinary and Cooking Institute. These new 4,000 square meter premises are located on the quay across the river from the Radio France headquarters. The graceful self-contained building is within eyesight of the emblematic Statue of Liberty that graces the Ile de Signe, or Island of Swans, in the middle of the Seine. It's the very statue that was used as the model for the one gifted to the United States from France, which famously resides in New York City's harbor. But back to the Institute. The Cordon Bleu has become, in the past century, the standard of cooking schools. The diplomas that the students receive after completing coursework here allow them to progress onto substantial careers anywhere in the world. This is, of course, where Julia Child famously began her mastery of the art of French cooking. And it's also the school that was featured with Audrey Hepburn in Sabrina, as well as more recently referenced in the movie Julie and Julia. In recent decades, namely since the current president of the school, André Cointreau, took up the reins, Le Cordon Bleu has focused on expanding internationally and now has campuses all over the world. In our interview with Mr. Cointreau, we'll be hearing more about this global expansion and export of the French culinary savoir-faire when it comes to pastry making, cooking, and wine appreciation. You'll also be hearing interviews from two of the senior chefs at Le Cordon Bleu, namely the head chef pâtissier Fabrice Daniel and also chef Marc Vaca, who came to Le Cordon Bleu after some years spent in Australia. To round things out, last but not least, we'll get some insight from Frank Ramage, wine expert and director of the wine program at Le Cordon Bleu, a program that has expanded significantly under his tutelage. So, sit back and enjoy another episode of Paris Good Food and Wine as we retrace Julia Child's footsteps and esprit in great culinary kin spirit. the great privilege of having Mr. Andre Cointreau uh, sitting across from me. And every American listener is going to say, Cointreau, I know that. Is it the same as the famous? And you know what? Let me, let me let him answer what his family heritage is. Well, I'm fortunate enough uh, to be, yes, the fifth generations of the founders of the Cointreau liquor family from the west of France, uh, Angers. And, uh, but also from my mother, uh, I'm uh, from the uh, uh, Rémy Martin. My, gran- my grandfather, in fact, uh, uh, took over Rémy um, 
in uh, 1924. So uh, yes, I'm on both sides, on the Cointreau side and on the liquor side and the um, cognac side. I'm very entrenched in uh, in the vineyards. And uh, yes, this is how, um, uh, from the good drinking, the good eating, uh, we've been, in fact, uh, interested uh, when I was working for the family businesses um, by um, Le Cordon Bleu, who was then having uh, an owner, Madame Brassard, who was uh, more than 80, and um, that's how we become we became involved. And uh, my family asked me to become president, and so I've been president for the last 35 years only. Yes, well, that's I think also one of the more interesting aspects too, because uh, you know, for I I can only speak as an American, but for our from our perspective, Le Cordon Bleu is sort of like the end all and be all for culinary schools. It's like if you really want to know your stuff and be a professional, you go and take classes and you get a cert certificate from Le Cordon Bleu. So what's so interesting is to hear the the facts of the story is that in 1984, you bought a fairly small school and you have now turned it into this international Empire. It's the only thing, you know, it's the only word to really describe it. How were you able to realize such a vision in just a short 35 years? Um, well, honestly, uh, I, I would, uh, I wouldn't describe uh, the situation uh, as uh, beginning in 1984. And, and it, truly, we have begun in 1895. And uh, it's been an incredible uh, adventure from uh, Marthe Distel, 1895, who in fact wanted to found uh, the Cordon Bleu because there was no possibility for a woman then to really uh, being taught by professional, by the top uh, people of the industry of uh, uh, the restaurant, the food, uh, the culinary arts, uh, to be really trained. You had to go in a restaurant, you had to go in the um, on the palaces of the hotels. And um, she uh, really devoted her life. She, she was a bachelor, she, be, she remained a bachelor. And uh, she wanted the woman to be able to learn about the culinary arts at the highest level. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I th very humbly, I don't think Le Cordon Bleu has been changing from uh, the um, from those kind of principles, which is um, uh, let's be open to everybody. Uh, let's have the chefs coming from the industry uh, at the top, top, top of their um, level. So today we have very many Mayovriers de France who themselves have been winning um, uh, Michelin stars. I think we're the only um, schools to have so many permanent uh, award winners who are forgetting about their ego and are really at the service of the of the students. When I see, for instance, an Eric Briffard, uh, uh, two Michelin stars of the Georges V uh, owned by the Qatar now, and who's coming very humbly to work on academic materials, and he's been doing this for the last year, so on his desk, on the, behind his stove and oven, and really uh, working on academic material for students, I think nobody has been having this. And is he alone? No. We have a, a whole bunch of 25 uh, chefs. 
And again, it's going back to the roots of the, um, of the school, uh, giving the most to everybody. So then it was woman included, which was not existing. And uh, we've continued. And this is why very, very quickly, um, internet did not exist, but, uh, people understood that in Paris, they could come, they could be really trained uh, by top, top chefs, have the best very quickly, and then it became an inter international school. We have um, this uh, fantastic uh, Daily Mail, 1927, um, uh, who uh, says, what is Le Cordon Bleu? So 1927, and saying, um, so the journalist is com coming from Great Britain, coming to Paris, visiting and saying, I have seen eight different nationalities in a laboratory, in a, in, in a practical laboratory. Now, to have eight different nationalities in 1927, see how, in fact, this woman had already understood fantastic chef coming from the industry, internationalization, giving the most, the quickest way, uh, really remaining on the fundamentals because it is true I believe I'm French but um, I really believe that the French have been codifying cuisine or the techniques of cuisine uh, of the chemistry of cuisine the physics of cuisine has been codified by the last uh, 300 years by the French and uh, or strongly helped at least and Escoffier of course, uh, of course has been uh, doing uh, fantastically well and our Michelin stars today are fantastically uh, gifted and they're really dedicated uh, it's true. It's true. No, the French have contributed immensely to the to the world of cuisine, and Le Cordon Bleu uh, plays a huge uh, role in that. For the last, uh, as you were pointing out, ne you know, n nearly century, really, or o over a century. Also, I wanted to say you just received a uh, a, go a gold medal. Can you talk a little bit ab about that? Well, I think, uh, well, I'm 68, so I'm beginning to have, you know, uh, all the rewards of my age. So, yes, uh, quite a few uh, golden medals. But it is true that this one is uh, the golden medal of the Académie Culinaire de France, which is uh, generally from the top, top, top chefs uh, of France. Um, but I think that throughout the, the, the years, uh, of course, we're part of the jury with um, of uh, very many awards. Um, but, uh, for instance, I was stunned... Um, as uh, head of uh, a school, a culinary school, to be invited twice uh, on the red carpet of Hollywood. Um, and I, I missed Audrey Hepburn in 1954 with Sabrina. But uh, now I was with Meryl Streep, uh, who, by the way, is even more fantastic than you think. She is really a lady. Um, uh, I'm stunned. I'm really stunned by the... Uh, people you have in Hollywood sometimes. So yes, I was in 2009 uh, uh, launching uh, the film Julie and Julia, uh, celebrating Julia Child, um, which in fact she did probably more for uh, French cuisine that Le Cordon has. And also we had uh, the um, uh, 100 foot journey celebrating with Ellen Mirren, uh, the um, the ordeals of Indians opening a, a restaurant, um, a Michelin star re a restaurant in front of a two star Michelin, well near to be um, a two star Michelin in, in France, and uh, yes, I've been again to this Hollywood uh, reception. So the awards that we have been receiving has been yes stunning and much more than I ever thought when I began uh, with Le Colombe. 
No, you're right. The accolades are are stunning. And um, Julia and Julia, one of the one of your best known alumni is Julia Child. So that was such a, a perfect fit to have your school, you know, have Le Cordon Bleu be facilitating some of the events and working with Hollywood on on the script. And you know, speaking of facilities, you know, one of the focuses of of today's you know interviews have been to really have people talk about what it's like to now you know inhabit these four thousand square meters of you know of facilities. Your your new institute right here within view of both the Eiffel Tower and the Statue of Liberty, the one that our U.S. Statue of Liberty is modeled after. Um, how do you feel? You must feel a- extremely proud to have achieved, you know, these, uh, this kind of, um, I don't know, this is almost like the embassy for, for French, for French cuisine. Um, I, I see it from a different perspective. Uh, I think that, uh, um, it's the consequence of, uh, in fact, benevolent uh, act that I've been uh, doing for very many years. The story goes that the uh, school of Le Cordon is today, yes, uh, just uh, alongside the Seine, uh, 4,000 square meters, and something that, uh, let's be honest, I never would have dreamt about. But I'll make the why and how. In fact, um, for the last 24 years, Cornoble has been on the board of Alliance Française and again uh, really benevolently uh, trying to help this uh, expansion of uh, not so much French language than uh, French uh, culture uh, through our literature, true, but much more and uh, goes also through uh, culinary arts and also the, um, I would say, the uh, French values that I think we share with the United States uh, in the 1789, or with your constitution, I think uh, we were the two first countries to really speak about the rights of man, of manhood, and uh, of the and of the citizen. And it is true that today, let's face it, uh, we are not in a world which uh, looks to um, uh, rights of manhood the same way. And it is true that being, for instance, in uh, have, we have four, about 40 institutes. We are we're really managing uh, about uh, 18 different faculties of uh, bachelor's and master's and research, nutrition included, uh, worldwide. So we, and we're, for instance, in uh, Istanbul, we are in Beirut. Uh, so uh, we're in India, we're, we're in China, we have a 50-50 joint venture in China. So we really can see the evolution of the world and of the values of the world. And I'm coming back to this building uh, in fact, it, it was owned by the OIF, Organisation Internationale de la Francophonie, which is a kind of commonwealth for the French, very many, uh, not uh, too rich uh, countries of Africa, but uh, more than 50 countries. And of course, being Alliance Française, uh, close to the OIF, uh, this, uh, very naturally, uh, we've been able to, um, uh, to be linked to this building Again, it's the good consequence of something that uh, you never dream, would dream about at the beginning. So life is uh, fantastic. Life gives more to the people that they can ever dream of when they take the risk of making things happen. 
Well, that's a, that's a wonderful uh, sentiment to share with our listeners and also obviously with your students. Your students come here seeking that same kind of, it's probably for a lot of them a bit of a risk to come, and yet your students graduate and go on to do wonderful things. I mean, some of the most luminary stars in, in food and wine have passed through Le Cordon Bleu, like we just... um you know, mentioned a, a, a moment ago. Also, one of the new things that I've noticed here, uh, aside from your absolutely stellar um, beehives up on the top of your rooftop garden, is your this new little the shop, the little boutique that sells you know Le Cordon Bleu teas and mustards. And for some reason, I never saw that in your old facilities. I understand that it was present, but this is the first time now in your new facilities that I've noticed that. And I understand that you once had a had a little boutique like that in the Trump Tower. <laughs> well, um, in fact, we are in training, and we're very proud of it. Uh, we glorify skills. Um, it, we are also in bachelors and masters that in very many countries we uh, give in the name of the local nations. Um, so we are in education. We're not a grocery uh, uh, entity, but it is true that uh, we had to develop um, uh, those kind of uh, food lines and non-food lines because in the world you have two kind of laws and trademark defense uh, laws. Uh, one which is the Code Civil, the French way of looking at things, so you have a kind of... Uh, um, you register and then you're protected for a certain time if you really use a trademark. Or on the contrary, you have the custom laws, like of the Anglo-Saxons, which is usage first. And so in very many countries, uh, we had a kind of a, a cordon bleu usage of people who was absolutely not linked to us. So we had to develop the usage. So the idea was much more to protect ourselves uh, than to really make it happen. Now, on the other side, having the possibility of developing um, uh, products, so why not do them at a fantastic level? And so, yes, we have uh, short lines that uh, um, we want to uh, to keep very uh, at the level of excellence. Uh, they're very expensive, but but it is true. It would be one of the uh, of the best uh, you will have. I can really say without blushing that uh, the Cordon Bleu products will be at the highest level because our aim is to defend our trademarks. Now, you were speaking about the new building. It is true that uh, building the building, I would say constructing the building, um, we have in fact been able to uh, construct a whole 800 uh, uh, square meters uh, um, a vegetable garden, which in fact is one of the five biggest of Paris, which we discovered after. And uh, as you were saying, we have beehives. And uh, again, I'm sorry, but uh, you're learning by doing. Uh, those beehives in Paris gives at least 30% more. Normally they have a double production than if you were in the countryside. I'm saying in Paris, you have the double production and the quality is fantastic. So you're going to say, but how come with the pollution and everything? Well, the flowers in Paris are, you don't have too many bees. Um, there is absolutely no pesticides. And those bees are so happy to collect, which is very, very quick, very, very good quality. 
And we've given this to the Miel de Paris, and the Miel de Paris are really um, fantastic people. Uh, they, they, for instance, they um, are in charge of the opera, um, vegetable, vegetable roof, also. That you, you really have through the today's the um, the mayors, the mayoress of Paris, the um, pouvoir public, uh, all the mayors of Paris. Uh, you have a focus on all those vegetable gardens. They are fantastic, and uh, and I must say, uh, very many embassies have been visiting. The first one, I don't know why, because they're sometimes uh, more under the snow than anybody else. But the first embassy who really wanted to see how was uh, how our vegetable garden was uh, blossoming was uh, the um, Canadian embassy. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So. So people will come here for the best uh, best honey in Paris, as well as getting the best uh, food and wine training. <laughs> Mr. Quenchel, thank you so very much for your generous time today. Thank you. You know, my thank you, and uh, uh, you're doing a great job. You've been living in Paris uh, for a long time, so you know us well, so do not hesitate feeling at home here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Paige Donner, host and producer of Paris, good food, and wine. Up next, we'll be hearing from Chef Fabrice Daniel, who heads up the wildly and increasingly popular pastry-making department at Paris's Le Cordon Bleu. This episode of Paris, Good Food, and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. You're the head pâtissier chef here at Le Cordon Bleu, and but you've spent a bit of time also at Le Cordon Bleu in Asia, in Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. Can you just talk a little bit about your time spent in, in Thailand? Uh, at the beginning, I was in, in Paris nearly 10 years ago. It was uh, because I met Mr. Cointreau, the owner of Le Cordon Bleu. And it was a, a big dream when he exposed to me the, the plan of Le Cordon Bleu around the world and the ex extension from Paris to Asia. Okay? The, the first thing it was to build uh, the same Le Cordon Bleu identity in Thailand. It was a huge and very important uh, project because it was with uh, a Dusitani group. And Dusitani group is a five-star hotel brand, and it was uh, well located in, in downtown, okay, uh, near to the, to the hotel. And uh, we became, uh, at the beginning, the, the, the school was open in 2000, uh, 10 years ago, 2006, and it was for the Thai people, and after we opened for international, and it was, we received a lot of distinction in Asia uh, as the best school in Asia from the World Gourmet Summit in Singapore. And uh, yeah, and, but we don't have enough, not enough, uh, because we built also in Japan, Korea, Malaysia, uh, different places in Asia. So I spend my time, uh, I travel a lot in Asia, but I spend my time in Paris and in Thailand. So, voilà. 
Even so, even still, you sort of split your time between between Paris, where you're the head chef here, these facilities for for patisserie, which, um, from what I understand too, patisserie doing a patisserie certificate here at Le Cordon Bleu is one of the most popular things for international students to come here for. Um, is, is that correct? And in your estimation, why why is it so important to come to France to learn patisserie? But it's not only in Paris, you know, but if we talk about the, the perception of the new campus at Léon de l'Homme, is uh, uh, as a chef's perspective, is more uh, very professional because we have a lot, a very high level of equipment, and we have a lot interaction in demonstration uh, with the student. Our program is on three levels. We have basic, intermediate, and superior. At Le Cordon Bleu, we focus on techniques, and uh, when the student arrives, they know nothing, and we give all the maximum from a recipes, and they can wash, hear, and do, okay, after in practical. Uh, during the demonstration is the most important because uh, we have well equipped uh, in, in, in the structure, regarding the, the new oven, the new decks, everything can... can uh, can, uh, is a great pleasure and uh, and very nice for uh, for a chef to work at Le Cordon Bleu because it's uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you've been with Le Cordon Bleu obviously long enough to know the former facilities um, here in Paris and now these new. Um, one of your colleagues described it as like a Ferrari. These, this new institute. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. You know, it's uh, 4,000 square meters, and you have state-of-the-art ovens and all that. So, yeah, technically speaking, from a chef's perspective, um, you know, what are some of the things you love the most about these these new facilities? Le Cordon Bleu is. We, we talk about the facilities, but Le Cordon Bleu is more than that. The, the, the Le Cordon Bleu is a spirit. Is uh, the mentality of what we like and love to give to the student. When the, when the student came at Le Cordon Bleu, the chef, of course, uh, with the infrastructure and with the equipment, we have everything, but the chef is important because we, tr we give the passion. And when we give the passion, is regarding the recipes, the facilities, but the ingredients also. And uh, we take... Uh, the first quality of ingredients and is good also at Le Cordon Bleu Paris because on top we can have honey, we can have different uh, vegetables, we can have different kind of fruit, we can use in different moments, okay? And uh, is an interaction with the student, they can have a look on growing a different product. But what I said is recipes, ingredients, facilities, and the passion what we give to the student by the recipes. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that rooftop garden. I just came from a, t a tour looking at that rooftop garden and today it's sunny and I saw, you know, your the beehives, there's four beehives and you've produced from what I understand 450 jars of, of honey from your own rooftop bees. So yeah, it's wonderful. You can just sort of go up to the top there and, and pull your own ingredients and use them fresh. You know, last question for you, Chef, please. Um, so what's, you know, what's some of the highlights of your personal path that got you here? I, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you worked for Le Nôtre at some point or? 
Oof, my background is, yeah, before I was working for uh, Tristar Michelin uh, in, in Switzerland, in Paris, as uh, Sandrins Lucas Carton. But uh, I learned a lot uh, with a note company, yes. But after I got a lot of experience uh, around the world. But all the time in my career is meeting person. It's the same with Le Cordon Bleu. I came, what I said at the beginning, I came at Le Cordon Bleu with a big passion to give a lot of knowledge because it's a transmission. And who gave me this point at the beginning? It was the owner, Mr. André Cointreau. He gave me, he said, okay, the most important at Le Cordon Bleu, of course, is a facility, but we need to handle and to give the maximum to the student, to the customer. And this, this is a real a motivation because you mentioned uh, the school is a Ferrari. Yes, the school now is, the, the school is a, the place as an excellence about a service, about facilities, and about the transmission. And uh, because it's uh, a perception of a family name to, to work with the brand. And this is enormous. You almost sound like a brand ambassador there. You're like the ambassador for Le Cordon Bleu. <laughs> Thank you so much, Seth. Yes, Thank you. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. That's great. Yes, okay. Brand ambassador. I'm the brand ambassador. Listen to the Paris Good Food and Wine podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, as well as on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine. Comments, questions, and suggestions are always welcome. On Twitter, we're at Paris Food Wine. Next, we'll be hearing from Chef Marc Vaca. This French chef spent a number of years in Australia, hence his masterful Aussie accent, when he speaks English. All right, so we're rolling, and here we are in this lovely um, conference room, the Tatin conference room at the new Institute Le Cordon Bleu. And I have in front of me Chef Marc Vaca, who's, who's, who's French, but his English is absolutely fantastic, and he's going to explain to us why. Well, I've got, thank you, thank you very much for that. I try my best. Uh, I've, been, I've been fortunate and lucky to, uh, to travel in my life. And all my travels uh, brought me to Australia. And I spent quite a fair bit of years because I spent around 14 years over there. I've been a year in New Zealand as well. It was just another, another time, another time of my life, full experience. And uh, meeting different peoples as well. So um, I think in the teaching departments nowadays, that means we meet a lot of people. Of different backgrounds and all what I've done in my life brought me to what, I, what I'm here today. And so it's experience, luck, luck and experience, just life, just life. Yeah, well, 14 years in Australia and I, and I believe if I remember reading correctly, one of those years you were chef de l'année, so, so chef of the year. And, and you were, were you always teaching or did you start um, by, by working in, in a restaurant and then moving into teaching? How did, how did the teaching part of your career take shape? I was, um, I was, I was actually in Australia and I've, I've, done, I've done always fine dining in my life. Uh, and at one stage I wanted to, I was searching basically to, uh, to do something else. 
I was, I was quite exhausted actually, physically exhausted. And I wanted a bit of a bit of a break, and I was a part of the uh, on those days on the, of the Toc Blanche Association of Chefs, uh, and uh, one of the people who was working over there was working for the uh, Austrian government, basically TAFE, TAFE ASA, and uh, he said to me, "Look, if you want, and you can come and just do a few, few hours and see how you go, if you like or not." So, and that was my first. Uh, I was I was working as well, and so it, that was I was doing other times basically was my second job and so I was trying to, to, to I was encountering basically what that teaching was all about because I, I didn't know and uh, and reflecting nowadays because it's something that I really enjoy uh, and I was quite lucky and fortunate to, to, to experience that um, uh, that's what I like the most I mean so I've done I've done uh, fine dining I've done uh, big conference rooms and and, and and functions I worked for myself I had my own restaurants and reflecting to all those years I'm like that's what I'm made for and so I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky, basically. It's just, just luck. Well, that's great. I mean, it's wonderful to encounter someone who's, who has found his joy in life. Yeah, it's always just, you know, it happens all that. Some, some, some people never found it in, in their life. It's, it's a shame. And if you find it, you, you're, just, you're just lucky. You're just lucky. So I'm very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Great, great. Now, also, too, your perspective um, lends itself to uh, seeing this facility in the glorious terms that it is. Because I mean, the, these new facilities here um, on the, uh, you know, right by Beau Grinnell are absolutely fabulous. But now you've been with Le Cordon Bleu for a number of years now, so you remember what the other facilities are like. From, the, from a chef's standpoint, what do these new, what does this new campus afford you and also your students? Uh, going going to through uh, to this new campus uh, for us as chefs is just an, an amazing chance. Uh, it's like it's like uh, leaving your old car and going to, uh, to to buy basically in a Ferrari. You like well, it's not the same pleasure of driving, I guess, and that's what it is. That means the pleasure of cooking is just extreme for the chefs and for the students. Uh, so it's just it's just beautiful. Uh, after that, well, a few things around are, are change as well. It's bigger. Uh, the manage the management skills. Uh, we are we are um, uh, we are going towards uh, new uh, new teachings level as well. So um, and I think it's very very important as well. That means we you cannot you cannot lay back basically in life. You cannot lay back and say okay that's I'm good at it and that's it. So every day you have to wake up and say can I do better? Can I basically do better for my students? And life change as well. Uh, 2017 now, uh, people expect excellency and to, to be able to to deliver that. You don't. You're not only. You don't have to be as well good and good chefs. You have to be good teachers, and you have to have the uh, the, the school to, to be able to do that. So I think we've got everything to, to be able to, to do it. So it's good. It's very good. I love your description that this is a Ferrari because that's definitely how you feel when you walk into this new campus. It is so yeah. It is amazing. It's gorgeous. Now tell us a little bit. You have thousands of students here, or at least hundreds of. Well, you'll you'll tell me. You'll you'll correct me. Now, what do you do uh, with all these international students once they arrive? I mean, they all have, I guess, a basic uh, level of English, but they come from so many different countries. First, I think I think first to uh, to to be able to, to perform in the uh, in the teaching departments in the school we're in, you have to to enjoy mixity, you have to enjoy different peoples, and if you don't like that, well, you're not done for that. Uh, yes, they come from very very different backgrounds. Uh, most of them they speak English, some of them French as well. Uh, you have to enjoy as well uh, giving to people. 
And that's, that's one of the main things of, of, of teaching. It's like if you don't like giving to people, you have to like sharing yourself. Uh, and sometimes it's hard because you have to share yourself in many, many, uh, many ways. And, uh, but it's all, it's all exciting. It's all the part of uh, what, who we are and what we try to achieve. So are you, do you mean in terms of like sharing your, your passion for French cuisine or like sharing your being generous with your enthusiasm to how to prepare food? Sharing, sharing skills, sharing skills, sharing the French food, sharing the passion that we have for the food and sharing the passion for, for, for what it is. I mean, it's a pleasure to wake up every morning to say, I'm going to cook today. And it's as simple as that. I mean, so I wake up, I'm, I'm fortunate and happy. I can go in the kitchen and cook. And for the for the past, well, it's 32 years for me. It's just it's, it's every day is the same. And ever sometimes it's hard. It's, I'm never saying the, the, the road is easy because it's not, and it's not supposed to be. It never will be. Doesn't have to be. Excellency is never on the on, on the easy way. It's always on the hard way. But at the end, it's always it's all it's all good souvenirs and and, and good experience. That's all it is. One bonus question, if you'll indulge, is: um, Do you have a specialty yourself? Like, is there is there one dish that when you have a family celebration, everyone says, "Hey, our our family chef is going to do such and such." No, absolutely not. I would say I enjoy I enjoy working everything. I mean, it can, can be seafood, fish. Poultry, meat. I love desserts. Everything you touch. I love. I love charcuterie. I love. I love boulangerie. I love working bread as well. The, the texture of dough. I mean, everything is around the job in here. It's just. It's just amazing. I don't have any preference. The only preference is the product. I like. I like working top ingredients. As it's sometimes a simple way. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, difficult. But it's all. It's all the quality products, and we are fortunate as well in here to have it. So it's. It's all good. It's just all good. Yeah, you really sound like you're a happy man. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steph. We're really grateful for your time. Thank you very much to you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks. I'm Paige Donner, your host of Paris Good Food and Wine. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. Listen to the Paris Good Food and Wine podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, as well as on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine. Comments, questions, and suggestions are always welcome. On Twitter, we're at Paris Food Wine. some wine appreciation. Frank Romage has greatly expanded Le Cordon Bleu's wine program since being appointed its director some years ago. Well, you know, one of the more distinctive features about Le Cordon Bleu is that you actually have quite a professional wine program here. And Frank Romage, you are one of the inspirations um, in developing further developing this wine program. First of all, tell us a little bit about your role here, please, and how you got to become a wine expert. 
Thank you very much. So uh, my name is Franck Ramage and um, I'm uh, wine department manager at the Cordon Bleu. Uh, in fact, I've, I've been hired by the, uh, the Cordon Bleu to create a new program six years ago. And we're trying to, uh, to teach a real fast track for people who want to learn how to become a, a professional or to become an expert in the wine industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, first of all, I've been sommelier during 10 years. After uh, a while, I became teacher in the French hospitality school. And I teach to young French students how to become sommelier. And after more than 10 years, in fact, I would like to have a new challenge. And the Cordon Bleu has been perfect for me to uh, develop uh, my knowledge, my expertise, and trying to teach to students who are coming from all over the world. It was a, a really great challenge. And uh, I can see that uh, we are very, very pleased of the results. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrific. I mean, that's a big switch. You went from teaching only uh, French students how to basically how to become sommeliers to now to teaching a vast array of international students. I mean, I can't even count them. I'm, you, you know, you'll, you'll be able to tell us better, but I mean, Chinese, Korean, American, uh, all across Europe, Scandinavia. I mean, these students come from absolutely everywhere, um, which I know you'll, you know, you'll attest to. But um, so, Frank, when you were developing further this wine program, so I know it was quite a small wine program until you came on board in about, I think, 2011 or so. How, like, how have you changed this wine program to have students graduate as professionals and able then to embark upon a career in wine? And what kinds of careers do you see them undertaking? As you can imagine, it's, it's, it's very unique in the world to have this kind of uh, of a class with so many different nationalities. And uh, I think our students, students who are coming at the Columbia, they are expecting many, many things. In fact, they want to be experts, but in, uh, um, they're expecting different career, you know? Uh, first of them, most of them, maybe uh, they want to know how to test or to express their feeling in the wine, you know, with the wines. So, but at the end, after the program, they, they're going to follow different ways. Um, either they can be a journalist specialized in wine. That's, we have more and more students who want to, to become journalists. Some of them will import some wines, French wines. Uh, some of them, just a few, will become sommelier. Not most of them. And uh, we have another career that is developing a lot since uh, a few years, it's um, an activity of consulting across the world. I mean, they organize events in the wine industry, they organize masterclass, and more and more they organize, um, how can I say, they organize training for others. Uh, they learned how to become a teacher. That is something very new for us, and uh, that's maybe an activity that can be developed a lot in the future. You know, that's, that is a very interesting aspect, and, and it shows, I guess, the evolution of the wine business. Now, do your courses here at Le Cordon Bleu, Frank, do they focus only on French wines or primarily on French wines? You have to understand that uh, to learn about wines from all over the world, it's very, very difficult if you want to do things very well uh, 
to do that in only one year. It's not possible. It's sometimes it's better to do less, but to go very deeply in the knowledge. So we, we in fact, we prefer to learn mainly French vineyards, but doing things well. So maybe uh, I'm teaching 75 to 80% about French vineyards, and we have an, an open-minded about uh, American, Argentine, or I don't know, uh, Spanish, Italian, German wines. Uh, it just to open their mind about something that can be different, as good as French wine, for sure, but just something different. Now, last question for you, because I remember sitting in on one of your classes years ago uh, at the old facilities. I didn't take your class yet. I will. One day I'm going to, I've promised myself. But I remember sitting in on those, uh, one of your classes at those former facilities and as we've heard from some of your colleagues today, you know, they are just really relishing being able to work in such, um, you know, a beautiful new building, state of the art. What about for you? Is your wine tasting room and your wine cellars, what's the difference for you? In fact, to integrate uh, such a kind of building like Le Cordon Bleu has now, um, it's something that is really more comfortable for our students to work. It's more efficient. We're losing, we are more organized, really more organized. And uh, it's more in relationship with the reputation of the Cordon Bleu. Everything is done to have the best quality as possible in all courses. Thank you so much. Now, is there any final thoughts that you might want to share if somebody's contemplating, uh, you know, running away from their, their workaday world and coming to Paris and studying at Le Cordon Bleu and taking some wine classes? Do you have any words of encouragement? Um, maybe something that we can add, it's um, we are looking for students very curious, uh, some people who want to learn many things about the wine, and I can assure you that we put all our energy and all the efforts to give the best to our students. Ready? Great. Thank you very much, Frank. Have a very good day. Bye-bye. Listen to the Paris Good Food and Wine podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, as well as on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine. Comments, questions, and suggestions are always welcome. On Twitter, we're at Paris Food Wine. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible, and especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and like us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine.